This is the Functional Rehab Podcast with your host, Dr. Ashley Mack. Let's talk about the journey that you take when it comes to being sick or being hurt. For the most part, if you're like myself, you wait a couple of days before because you think that you can probably just heal on your own, but then a few days go by, things don't get any better, and you need some help. So you go into your insurance, you look at who are the providers in my area, and find out that the next appointment that you can have with your general doctor, or your physical therapist is going to be weeks away. And what ends up happening is that maybe in those two weeks, you get better, maybe in those two weeks, you get a little bit worse. But why do we have to wait for such a long period of time to actually book an appointment with our providers? And why is it that we have to take so much time out of work to be able to just get access? And so today's guest is a very special guest. Um, I've been following him for a while, and he has made primary care actually extremely accessible and convenient for the patients that he works with. And today we have Dr. Brian Fine, um, who is based out of, uh, on the other coast, out out of, um, I think it's Florida. Yeah, Florida. And he was kind enough to share his expertise and uh, share a little bit more about what he is doing. So Dr. Fine, it's so great to see you. And thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. And I, what I found to be most exciting was the fact that the way that you deliver your care is accessible, but also convenient for the patients. And the reality is that the way that our lives are is that we're just becoming increasingly busier. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of responsibilities that we have to take. And your delivery model is actually very unique and exciting. It gives people an opportunity to actually access you wherever they are, whenever they are. And so, Dr. Fine, can you share with us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I've been a physician now, I guess a practicing physician now for over 20 years and I trained in pediatrics actually and was in a hospital setting in a tertiary care environment for quite some time, but had always been interested in access and wellness and the healthcare system with a tablespoon of entrepreneurism on that. And so there was the point in my life where I decided to do something different and something that I considered to be pristine and the right thing to do, common sense. And so started working with patients where the ask of the patient was essentially nothing. It was just use your regular tools that you use in your daily life. In this case, it's it's regular text messaging and then solve all the problems from there uh, on my end of the equation. So I ask people and provide provide them my phone number for them to just uh, text the same way they text family and friends with basic healthcare questions. I, I wouldn't call it exactly primary care, Ashley. It's more of a convenient care model that fills in the gaps uh, between Google and the doctor's office. Um, I actually help people find primary care if they need it, get the screening that they need. But there's also a, a lot of low-hanging fruit uh, as far as simple health ailments that can be discussed asynchronously over the t- over time that allows people to not miss work, allows people to be with their family, allows people not have out-of-pocket costs. My core model is through imp- employers. So it's a, a service to businesses so that their employees at no cost at all are able to text and get, it, get questions answered. And then as part of that journey, I wound up building the software so that patients, again, still just using a text message uh, they don't have to download anything. They don't have to log into any portal, but just using a regular text message. Uh, they reach out to a platform on my end that's web-based and that's integrated into a medical record. And it's uh, 
it's going fairly well. Patients love it. Certain things that we can do for certain people, you know, certain amount of the time, it's uh, the model that we have is is equitable. So it's frontline employees all the way up to CEO. Um, and we just do the best we can. We tell people we'll, we'll help you the best we can. I love that. Being able to make it work for the patient. I think especially we'll say over the past, we'll say 30 to 40 years with the the rise in new healthcare technologies. I, it, to me, it seems as if the, uh, we'll say shift in power uh, or more so the the shift in just the journey where back in, you know, the early, like the fifties or forties and even before then the doctor would actually go to people's homes um, and, and take care of them. And then uh, with the evolution of various different medical technologies, it ended up transitioning into an office where patients would go. But when that happens, yeah, patients one have to wait. Patients also have to take off from work or take time off or find coverage for childcare because they need to go to the doctor. And um, what ends up happening is that they have to move their entire life around it. And what I found to be really interesting when it came to that type of model is that when you're visiting with your provider or the providers visiting with the patient or working with the patient, you're actually only getting a small sliver of what their life is like because you're speaking with them in that specific moment of time in regards to you're talking with the patient, it's kind of like a snapshot. It's like a Polaroid, right? Like this is the information that I have. And oftentimes us providers don't necessarily always have the time to get all the necessary information in that one specific encounter. And so what ends up happening is that we're working off of an educated guess where in some cases it can lead to a longer extension of care because we just didn't have the time. So it kind of gets spread out over the place. And so what's really exciting about your program and what you do is being able to meet the patients where they are and make it accessible to them, but in a way that allows the patient to be able to share the necessary information in, it seems just the way that's delivered is that patients don't feel rushed uh, when it comes to sharing information. And what's really nice about it is that it allows us to organize our thoughts a little bit more when we're texting back and forth. Is that about right? Yeah, I think that's fair. There's some degree of healthcare. I think this gets lost. There's some degree of healthcare that that can be delivered in a keyhole. You know, patients are generally respectful. They're generally reliable. And you can ask questions and get a sense most of the time. You can also, as far as defining your scope of what you you will do, what you can take care of, there's, there's a lot of ways to sort of manage the incoming component of the interactions that you're having with patients. And then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I like about the asynchronous model, again, for, for non-urgent issues, and we have to remember that even in our current model, urgency ultimately begins with a definition of the patient. They're sitting on their couch and they, they feel something or they've been feeling something. They're, they're the ones who have to make some sort of medical decision to decide whether to seek out care and how that works. And so to be able to reach out easily with questions that otherwise they, as, I, as I've described, I'm somewhere in between Google and the doctor's office where they can get a little bit of human guidance in, in interpreting what they're feeling. Um, I think it goes a long way and, and they can send a message and then go to a meeting and then come back. Similar on my end, I can send a message, then get on a podcast and then you know, return a message an hour later, you, you, you know, setting expectations on how things are going to work. Um, I, th- I think it goes really well, and most pe- most patients are are very appreciative and 
um, and understand. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up. Yeah, there's something Rockwellian about it. It's 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 like the technology um, is sort of incorporated into the 1950s model of of putting the patient first, recognizing your limitations, while also appreciating and understanding that there's a lot you can do um, without patronizing patients, without you know treating them as as though they they're not capable in the vast majority of cases of understanding and collaborating in their own healthcare. And that's really the core of this. And so let's talk about some of those non-urgent issues that you see that you're able to help your patients navigate. Right. You know, some of the basic ones, obviously we deal a lot with, you know, sinus infections, colds, um, congestion, earaches, sore throats there's a lot of that and you know at a very high level what's interesting and there's a part of it that that's the model that i've built as far as through employers where the employee's not paying anything i found that it allows for a a, a truly collaborative conversation which frequently leads to better medicine um, you don't have to prescribe an antibiotic you don't have to do anything. And the patients understand that and can get behind it because they're not paying money with the expectation of getting something. In fact, or rather, they're, they're appreciating this benefit that their employer is providing them. And so they are in a better position to talk with you. And you can say, well, listen, this is probably a virus. Let's see how the next day or two goes the the barrier to us pivoting and making a decision that's different is is very low you're not gonna have to take off work again you're not have to pay more money again you're not have to log into a, a video platform with a new doctor again and convince them and you know revisit everything again so let's have a conversation over a few days because time is a it's a very very valuable diagnostic tool <laughs> i'm sure you see this in the physical therapy you know, space where there's something going on where it's probably a good chance it's going to get better in a day or two. And so you can, you can create these sort of interval plans like, well, why don't we do something mild intervention or, or no intervention at all, but now you know you have me, so let's see how the next day or so goes. So a lot of those basic ones, medication refills, um, you know, some longer, more complex collaborative diagnostic opportunities. Um, you know, it, it, I, I wish I wasn't needed. You know, I wish all of these things were, were things that people could find the answers to and, and get what they needed. Um, but the goal here is just to provide a human being in this sort of purgatorial space of uncertainty uh, to help people get quick answers. Yeah, we're definitely in a world where, I mean, we're, we're at the age of information. There, there's no shortage of information. Patients can actually get the same. I know that patients can get the same textbooks that I got in physical therapy school. I, I can see them all on Amazon, right? And so you could do that. You can get the free information such as podcasts like this and like the other various different aspects. And then there's also the opportunity for people to purchase digital courses, which pretty much as a condensation of whatever information that that person putting out, but putting into a very structured way. And 
it's fantastic. People have access to that information, but there is a very big value added when you have a person behind it helping you navigate this information. And that's what I really appreciate about the service that you're providing because you, you're absolutely right. You're providing a step beyond Dr. Google. And it gives people an opportunity to say, okay, I'm interacting with the human, which already you br br brought up this collaborative uh, conversation. And really when it comes to your health, especially when trying to overcome sickness or an injury, it's a collaborative approach where the patient needs to share the information that they need to in order for us to be able to make our decision. But then also we're presenting plans or plans of action for our patients to be able to say, will you be able to follow through with this, right? I see this in the physical therapy world where someone comes in and I prescribe, say, an exercise or stretching program. And it's one, the magic happens in the exercise selection, but also the magic actually happens when patients actually do the work that they were supposed to be doing in the first place. And so being able to have that conversation and collaborate, and I know that there's a lot of research articles that actually show the importance of a collaborative collaborative effort. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so let's talk about kind of like the typical journey that a patient goes through uh, when, when they're dealing with, say, like a sinus infection. It's like, what usually happens if your model wasn't existing? Um, what, what is that like? Well, it's some combination of people don't seek out care at all, which, listen, most of those things get better, right? And so that's that's okay. If we could tell people like, listen, don't worry about it. Everything, it's almost always going to get better. Um, but then at the same time, we're telling people, you know, things to be worried about. And, and then, you know, just all of us want to get better sooner. Um, so a lot of the things I help people either wouldn't seek out care at all or they will seek out care in a sort of a what tends to be a dissatisfying environment. They're going to go to an urgent care. They're going to try and reach out to their primary care. You know, sometimes hard to get appointments. Um, so uh, we are, again, this sort of middle space that, that picks off questions or permits questions that otherwise wouldn't be asked. Um, you know, follow-up questions. I was at the doctor today and I, I, I didn't think about something or there's something that came up the next day. I couldn't get my medicine. And, and they're just not handled well in the current model of portals and delegation. I mean, I, I function beneath my license. I mean, as a rule, to be honest with you, like the medicine that I practice doesn't need a doctor who's been practicing for 20 years. It's pretty basic stuff. I, I obviously have a good handle on what I know and what I don't know, I think. But this is basic stuff, uh, just you know, just trying to help people, trying to find answers. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that space that lets people, lets people ask questions they wouldn't otherwise ask, lets people get solutions to problems that are fairly minor, that they don't need a, a long you know, visit to an emergency room and urgent care allows me to follow up, make sure they're getting better, make sure I did the right thing, make sure they got their medicine, their medication, um, allows them to easily ask questions and follow up with the same person who took care of them. Um, doesn't need to be super technical because it's not video, it's not 
pushing people into video platforms where they can't get their microphone to work or or their camera to work. It's let's just do this. Let's just use common sense. And technology aside, um, you you brought up two very uh, resounding points um, when it comes to say like the in person business, which there's a there's a huge value, right? There's things that they can do that you can't, and vice versa, right? In the current model today, in regards to in person visits, we're talking about like really long wait times in regards to having to just book an appointment, and then the second part is oftentimes doc like all healthcare providers are, are overworked and they're seeing too many patients. And so what ends up happening is the fact that these appointments are actually very, very long, uh, very short, very, very short. And so from your standpoint, and especially with your experience being in clinic and then transitioning into this current stage of where you're at, why do you think that's the case? I would just be so interested to see from your observations, you know, why are we experiencing such long wait times and short appointments? I mean, I think it's it's the nature, right? The solutions that are coming out are are targeted solutions. They're they're siloed solutions. I mean, some of them are good solutions. Um, you know, if you make a tool that makes it easier for physicians to document or therapists to document, and and with that save time, the therapists are expected to see more patients. Like it sort of depends. It's, you know, where's the holistic approach that makes sure the therapist or the physician isn't isn't you know burned out as a popular term or you know, overworked. I mean, there's just so many disparate interests and in different stakeholders. It's some zero, somebody wins, somebody loses. Um, so my solution, it's it's very it's it's narrow. I, I, you know, the save the world scalable component of what I do just would require other doctors to do what I do. It's it's not that difficult, but it's still not easy. Uh, but it's 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 simple yet complex. Um, because it would you know it requires doctors to take risk and um, not every doctor wants to do doctor by text. They don't feel comfortable or they you know the the barriers to something like that. Um, they don't know how to start. It's it's hard, you know. It's hard to get that up and running. Um, but the concept is very simple. So I think a lot of the sort of uh, funnels that we see that cause all these problems, I think it's from well-intended solutions um, that just get layered on top of one another, and. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I think it's complicated. And I, I got to the point where I'm rather than trying to save the world um, with some, some broad sweep, I was like, well, let me just, let me grassroot this. Let me just help some people some of the time with some things where I have as much control to do something that's quality and um, that people like. And then, you know, if, if things grow from there and other people want to do it, then great. I'm, I'm happy to help. And it's sort of a, a ground up approach instead of a top down approach. And that way it allows you to, to do exactly what you're doing. And so let's talk about that experience a little bit more. You shared uh, a little bit briefly in regards to um, 
you know, it's very simple SMS. So patients don't necessarily need to download another app. Uh, let's talk about what a like, typical experience is with you in regards to it's, you know, a person listening right now is like, okay, I think I want to, you know, work with Dr. Fine. I really appreciate this, this model. Um, what's that typical journey? Like once they sign up, like, do you kind of walk us through what those steps are like? Yeah, so that's a good question, Ashley. I right now I'm not doing very much direct to consumer stuff. So um, the people that I'm working with most, as far as finding my patients, would be in the business space. You know, HR folks, people who run businesses who want to offer their employees something that's awesome. Um, and that I do that for for a few reasons. Um, uh, primary, I mean, part of it is it's it's easier on me uh, to be able to manage both sides of it, the patient side and my side as a physician, as a provider. Um, so, you know, anyone who's in a position where um, they they work with people and they're trying to solve solve healthcare at a slightly larger scale than just their own individual health. Those are the people that I'm talking to most of the time. There's a lot of you know direct to consumer solutions that are out there. Um, they're not quite the same as what I do. Uh, the other thing that I do, <coughs> excuse me, typically for my my clients is I also go on site periodically, and so it's not exclusively text medicine, but it's going on site. The employees get to know the person that they're texting with. There's a, a human part to it. I, I don't typically provide 24-7 coverage, as you could imagine. It's, it's really just me. It's, it's sort of more of a fractional chief medical officer approach. Um, so, and, and that into, helps define the scope, helps define expectations. Um, yeah, so anyone, certainly anyone listening who is, is in a position where they want to help provide healthcare to a, a small cohort or a large cohort of people um, and can find value in providing it to, so that their employees or their, that group of people doesn't have to take on expense. On my end, it winds up being a very trusting relationship. I've never had a patient abuse it. Um, they, they, they're generally respectful. They know their bodies and they're reliable and they're honest. And uh, so that's my approach. Thank you, Dr. Fine. Medicine is expensive. There's a lot of long wait times, but the good news is that it doesn't have, doesn't always have to be that case. And so Dr. Fine's company and the services that he provides can be a really fantastic option for organizations to be able to provide the, the healthcare that is missing. And again, be a step further from Dr. Google. And so Dr. Fine today was really awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to take the time and learn more about your SMS solution and just a little bit more, uh, we'll say a, a broader uh, view of the, the, the current medical system today. And so for the listeners who are in a position to be able to uh, reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to learn more about your company and get in touch? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, as you and I met, Ashley, I think a lot of people, you know, the LinkedIn is where I do most of my sort of spiel and, you know, preach from my soapbox. 
Um, that's just, you know, be fine MD. Um, my company is called Percentric, as in person centered, P E R centric. Um, and there's obviously so percentric.com that's crafted towards the employer reader. Um, and uh, those are the main ways. Um, of course, you can text me. Um, and that number is 757 818. 8020. You can, you know, I, I don't, I don't market. I, when people text me, I don't put them on a list and send out a bunch of spam or anything like that. Uh, all of my interactions by text are, are human and one-to-one and respectful. I, I use my texting as a, as an access point for other people. I don't use it as a, as an inbound opportunity, you know, to get into their, you know, their lives. Um, so I'm happy to have any conversations and, um, you know, certainly happy to have any, any conversations about how to make healthcare better for folks. I love it. Dr. Fine. Thank you so much. Uh, listeners, if you did not get a chance to actually write that down, I'm actually going to be putting all that contact information into the show notes again, Dr. Fine. It's great to see you. And thank you for being a guest. Ashley, man, I really appreciate the opportunity. It's a very good conversation. Thanks for the questions. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.